Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's go now to uh, Nirmal Ghosh, the U.S. Bureau Chief for The Straits Times, joining us in Washington, D.C. Nirmal, quite a morning already. We've just heard from the vice president and the president-elect. Uh, what are you uh, – what, what's the sense that you're getting there as to how this uh, transition has come about and, and what Americans are thinking about it? Well, certainly there's a lot of celebration in, uh, you know, big cities like D.C. is one big street party honking of horns, people dancing in the streets and whatnot. And the same, of course, in New York Times and uh, in New York, you would have seen, you know, everybody's seen the videos. The Times Square is a big party zone right now. Oh, San Francisco, L.A. But certainly, um, so there's a lot of jubilation. There's a lot of relief. There's a lot of relief that days of tension and anxiety have, have come to a sort of not an end, but an inflection point. Uh, some sort of resolution, and there's some certainty now. I mean, I know uh, we know that the Republican Party is filing lawsuits as to somehow alter the course of this of the results, but nobody thinks that that's going to actually work. So there's some kind of certainty that yes, the people have chosen. It's a narrow yes, it's a very narrow gap, but it's still a definitive verdict. And the other thing I would should bring up though is that. Joe Biden will inherit a very deeply divided country, mm. but he is possibly the right person at the right time. As a sort of older, I was talking to a Democratic Party strategist the other day, and we were talking about this, and he was talking about how Joe, Joe Biden is uh, is not a scary guy. He's not an angry, triumphalist kind of person. He is not a uh, transformational president. He's more a transitional president. It is vice president uh, elect. Kamala Harris, who is actually of equal or greater significance because she represents the future generation. Right, right. Uh, we just saw less than about an hour ago or so the uh, both of them speaking in Wilmington, Delaware, of course, Joe Biden's hometown and home state. He talked about it being a time to heal America, as you've just alluded to, and uh, his quote-unquote grim era of demonization beginning to end was one of his key one of his key phrases, but with 70 million people having voted for Trump and, and avid Trump supporters, what does that path to reconciliation look like in America? Not terribly rosy. Uh, he has his work cut out for him. But again, as I said, I think I think he, if anyone can do it, it's probably him. He has a way of empathizing with people. Uh, we had like eight years of a very professorial Barack Obama, very cerebral very intellectual, very professorial. And then we had this sort of angry and triumphalist uh, and uh, sort of grudging, with a grudging kind of attitude of Donald Trump. And now we're going to have this sort of all-around sort of nice guy. But he he empathizes with people. You know, he lost his sons. He comes from a working-class background. All these things help. They win votes in the Midwest, in fact. And he is not seen as a threatening, scary kind of person. So... He has a lot of a lot of things going for him, and of course, he's got a vice president who is you know the first uh, daughter of immigrants. Represents everything that is good about America, and represents the current face and future face of America. Right, daughter of immigrants, high achiever, a woman of color, and so forth. So I think they have a good chance, but the the, the division in America runs deep and predated Donald Trump. Of course, this has been you know cooking for a long, long time. So it's not going to just 
it's not it's not it's not very easy to heal that kind of division just in a couple of years. Yeah, on with Nirmal Ghosh, the U.S. bureau chief for the Straits Times. Nirmal, uh, when we think about bringing it back here to Singapore. Uh, Joe Biden had a relationship with Lee Kuan Yew many years ago, a good one, a strong one. Uh, what does the potential for relations between the U.S. and Singapore look like? Not that they've been bad over the last few years, but w- perhaps would it be a closer relationship with a Biden pres- presidency? Yeah, as you said, they haven't been bad. I think they will. They haven't been distant either. But they'll be qualitatively slightly different. I think a lot of people are looking forward to the Joe Biden presidency restoring some of the normal building blocks or architecture of diplomacy. Now, if you look at the U.S.-China relationship, it was basically boiled down to strategic competition in technology and security and so forth and trade. And that was it. There was very little diplomatic dialogue at all on, say, climate change, right? I mean which you know, it, was, it was Barack Obama who got the Paris Agreement going because he, he managed to had, shake hands with the Chinese on it, right? Yeah. That, that disappeared during Donald Trump. So that might come back. They want to do that. So the normal diplomat, not, not the sort of man-to-man megaphone public diplomacy that will sort of become a little more conventional, toned down conventional and be replaced with, with, with uh, conventional uh, you know, d- uh, diplomatess. Would countries in Southeast Asia, particularly in ASEAN, would they look for renewed strength from a Biden administration when it comes to dealing with issues like the South China Sea and North Korea, things like that? Many of these issues have seemingly taken side, you know, a side place in, in the administration of Donald Trump. Would you expect that to be a, one, a couple of the points that would – the Biden administration would, you know, come back to and, and try to highlight? Yeah, I think uh, Biden administration, first of all, the, the, the sort of transactional approach to foreign policy will will go. There will be no more talk of withdrawing troops from South Korea and Japan and, and so forth. I think they will inherit some of the more hardline tactics of the of the Trump administration, which is not a bad thing. You know, the Trump, the Trump administration did uh, um, increase phone ops, Freedom of navigation operations in the South China Sea to send a signal, so they could they, they'll probably carry on with that. And I think uh, the Joe Biden administration will not be so uh, warm Kim Jong Un for one thing, because it's recognized now that Kim Jong Un didn't do much at all about denuclearization. It was more like photo ops, and uh, he was he's been such, he was somewhat legitimized actually by the detente with uh, Donald Trump. So I think uh, it'll go back sort of a more, uh, a less, uh, a less uh, sort of seat of the pants, shoot from the hip kind of approach to a more measured approach. Mm. For example, if you take Kim Jong-un again, you know, normally in, in, in high level summitry like that, it's all set up from the beginning. You don't start with the summit and then work. Everything is set up with painstaking negotiations beforehand right. with the knowledge of the leaders and then they put their seal on it. But not the other way around because you know it, it, it was they were unprepared. So I don't I think that that will uh, you know it'll go back to a slightly conventional style. Yeah, I think conventional is what a lot of people are looking for, and and this idea of of coming back to a, a some sort of normalcy in what many people would think of as a normal uh, presidential uh, outreach to the world. Would you expect that 
Biden will re-engage with, you know, with NATO, for example, and with the European partners as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think if they see the U.S. as having lost trust and respect and uh, and faith in, in you know, in, in terms of its European allies, people think the U.S. has become unpredictable. They're not sure that U.S. can be relied upon and so forth. So I think he will he will certainly do, do a lot of do a lot to to repair that the some of the sort of edges that are frayed in these long-standing alliances. Certainly, that's a big priority. In fact, yeah, Nirmal, you and the Straits Times team have done such a great job of coverage, uh, not only uh, here in Singapore, obviously, but in the U.S. as well. Were there any issues, or were there any moments in these past, let's say, couple of months? Uh, that have surprised you in your coverage, either something you learned about America or something in the in the way that the uh, elections go in the U.S. And has anything been surprising to you that might be interesting for Singaporeans here to hear about? So, no, I like to say that I'm surprised by America every day because I learn new things every day. What really is interesting about America is that uh, a lot of the sort of ghosts of the past, so to speak, are still very much alive. You know, the issues that were struggled over in the 50s and 60s civil rights movement and whatnot have not actually been resolved mm-hmm. and uh, in fact one of the um, to go to the to the election for a moment one of the reasons why the democratic party and joe biden and kamala harris did so well in georgia is because of congresswoman stacy abrams uh, african-american congresswoman who did a lot of mobilization and registration of african-american voters now uh, you know i have uh, a couple african-american again i've lost you uh, yeah we just lost you a little bit yeah (laughs) sorry yeah yeah. there's a prevailing feeling which is among the african-american minority that eight years of an african-american president didn't really improve improve our lot all that much so what's the point of it all Mm. so she she managed to stacy abrams managed to actually mobilize that and that sort of counted she's a bit of a heroine now in the party because she, that accounted a lot for uh, the party's uh, success in in Georgia. Uh, so I think uh, that you know, the fact that America is a mosaic. I mean, if you just visit America and spend some time in the big cities and go to you know for a hike here and there, a national park, you don't get the real impression of it. But but there's a lot of underlying tensions and frictions in America, historic issues which have not really been resolved and. That's sometimes surprising because one assumes these things have been resolved because America always uh, projects this air of confidence, right? Mm. So, you know, yeah, well, that, that, that was one aspect of it, which, is, which surprised me when I got here four years ago. And this, it does continue to surprise me. It's a work in progress. What an interesting four years you've had there, huh? Uh, when, when you look at uh, your coverage going forward now through this lame duck period and into uh, 2021, what will your focus be? Are there certain things, obviously the transition itself, but are there certain things that you will be looking at sort of more closely behind the scenes, more nuanced than just the day of news that's coming out of Washington? Not that different. Our focus is very much uh, Asia policy and uh, uh, given the the importance of the U.S.-China relationship, that's a big focus. Then, of course, the alliances, the U.S.-Japan and so forth, you have now the the, the quad, U.S.-Japan, Australia and India, which is now taking, you know, acquiring some significance. That's an interesting aspect I'll be looking at. Domestically, we'll be looking at how America, how how uh, how the incoming administration handles all these differences. Number one, how does it handle the COVID pandemic, which is linked to how the economy does? It's very important. How it deals with a Senate which might be tight and hostile, if it's 
under the Republican control. Uh, it'll be very difficult. Joe Biden will have to take the Donald Trump route, which is issue executive orders and so forth. But there's only so much you can do without the Senate cooperating. So that that's very important. And then the, the whole Biden agenda about more you know, racial justice, equal distribution of wealth and so forth. That's very important in, in terms of uh, uh, resolving, uh, smoothening out some of the uh, internal conflicts in America. And America will not feel good about itself, really, until all these issues have been, are addressed and America is more stable and more united. Now, that's a bit of a tall ask, again, because these, mm. these divisions have been around for a long time. Indeed. Nirmal Ghosh, thank you so much for taking time. I know it's been a long, long day for you, and uh, you've been doing a lot of uh, work, not only uh, for The Straits Times, getting your own writing done, and we certainly appreciate you coming in to Money FM to talk to us today. Nirmal Ghosh, the U.S. Bureau Chief for The Straits Times. Thanks. We really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.